Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Nicole Kalitzi, who's an admissions counselor at Drexel University, located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nicole, how are you today? I am doing well. How are you doing, John? I am doing great, and we are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much in advance. So, Nicole, let's get right to it. What could you tell us about Drexel University that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? So, Drexel is an R1 research institution. That just means that under the Carnegie classification system, we have the highest amount of paid research that a U.S. university can have. So, that draws in a lot of students who are really interested in having that environment that is conducive to these research experiments and also having access to a ton of really incredible programs. We have over 80 total undergraduate majors, over 120 different minors here at Drexel. We also have a bunch of um, accelerated degrees program. So those are opportunities for our students to be able to earn an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in a shorter amount of time. So it's really great for those students who kind of already know that they're interested in going down the path towards, say, med school or law school, um, getting a, a master's degree in engineering or in uh, a master's degree in business. So a lot of different really interesting programs that we have for our students that range all the various disciplines and interests that someone might be able to have. We have those opportunities for our students here at Drexel. We're also located right in the heart of Philadelphia. We are walking distance from Center City, which is kind of the central point of Philadelphia. And we have a lot of resources open to us in the part of the city that we're in currently, uh, which is University City. So we're really close by to University of Pennsylvania, really close by to University of the Sciences in a part of the city that has over 50,000 total undergraduate students. So this nice little college bubble in the middle of the wider city of Philadelphia, giving you kind of the best of both worlds in terms of having that dedicated college experience, but also still having that urban city feel. So really nice kind of combination of both. Well, that's a great introduction. Thank you so much, Nicole. We appreciate it. And I read about the Cooperative Education Program, and it sounded so unique and interesting to me. Could you explain to us what exactly the Cooperative Education Program is at Drexel? 
Absolutely. So honestly, co-op is probably the thing that most people know Drexel for. It's kind of our flagship program over here. So co-op, cooperative education, the full name of it, but most people just refer to it as co-op, really is this concept that the things that you're doing in the classroom and then those things that you're going to be doing once you're out in the real world should really cooperate with each other. So a co-op goes a lot deeper than your typical internship, which only lasts for a handful of weeks over the summer. Usually for those experiences, students don't really get a chance to fully integrate into the office environment because they're just not there long enough to do so. Or maybe a student will do it part time while they're in classes. But then similarly, it doesn't give you a chance to fully learn what it's like to be in that environment because you're splitting your time between classes and the office environment. But for co-op, our students are spending six months where they are not worried about classes or anything else. They are just going to a job that is related to either their major or an industry that they're particularly interested in going into post-grad. We provide you with all of the setup to be able to successfully find a co-op. So Drexel will provide students with a co-op advisor who is there for them from their first day here all the way through the final day of their last co-op at Drexel. And then also they will be provided different resources such as co-op and I want a class that is mandatory that all students take to help them with prepping their resume, practicing interview skills, and all those really important things that you need to know how to do before you actually start going off and looking for a co-op. And then during that actual co-op search, students have access to a database that is only accessible to Drexel students. So we're not competing against other college students in the area. I mentioned a couple of the ones that are our neighbors here in University City. Those students are not your competition for these positions. So that gives us a higher job placement rate. And we have partnerships with employers all around the globe, over 6,000 of them. So students are also not constrained to the city of Philadelphia for those opportunities. If you are an out-of-state student, you want to go back home. Or if you know that there's a particular part of the country or the world that is a hub for your industry and you want to go and try and find opportunities there, students are more than welcome to do so. We'll never place a student directly in a co-op, but we are going to provide you with all of the tools that you need in order to be able to successfully find one. Um, That all comes also in the package of our Steinbright Career Development Services Office, who is the ones who kind of manage the co-op program and also the co-op advisors work through Steinbright. You're going to have a lot of support through Steinbright in general in terms of professional development through co-op programs, but also as a, a a senior who is going off and looking for jobs, all of that, and they're here for those students even after they have left Drexel. So the co-op program really is kind of our our big thing. Uh, Pretty much everyone does a co-op at Drexel. I'm a former Drexel student myself. I did three of them. You have the option to do either four-year one co-op or five-year three. And the nice thing about that is that they both cost the same tuition-wise, so the students don't pay extra to do those extra co-ops. And then also those students do get opportunities to get paid during those experiences. About 80% of them are paid, and the gross median six-month salary for a co-op student is about $19,000. Well, that sounds like a terrific program and no wonder so many students want to apply and ultimately attend because it seems like such an appealing opportunity for for students. So speaking of the students, could you share with us what is the average profile of the current freshman class? Absolutely. So the average GPA is a 3.8 and the average SAT score is a 1309. Uh, So those are kind of the numbers that we are seeing when we are looking at both the students who are applying and also the students who are actually ultimately admitted in our incoming freshman class. Uh, Pretty impressive profiles. We're getting really incredible students who are applying to Drexel and in general, really impressive students tend to be drawn to that fast paced model that Drexel does have. But also we always like to mention that we have a 
lot of opportunities for students. If you don't hit those exact numbers when you're looking at your GPA or what have you, don't feel discouraged. Definitely apply. Definitely reach out to us in the admissions office and we can chat through your options and opportunities to come and join us here at Drexel. Understood. And Nicole, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript or do you recalculate the GPA using your own metrics? And if so, what are you looking at from a student's academic record and how do you evaluate them? So we do recalculate those GPAs, and that is mostly because there's not really necessarily one standard of evaluation across the country in terms of those GPAs. For the most part, they kind of stay the same. Um, for some of the ones where maybe the, the grading scale is a little different, I have some schools in my territories where they are not even using grades. They're just kind of writing evaluations for the students, and then we have to go in and do those calculations. And then conversely, schools where they maybe have a little bit more of an inflation of their grades, and so we want to bring them back down to a level where we can accurately evaluate their uh, application against the other students in our pool. So that is something to keep in mind. But still, the GPA is really, I always say this, one small part of what we are looking at when we're looking at students' applications. We have a holistic review process here at Drexel. So we are looking at everything in terms of a student's application and in terms of academics specifically. Your GPA could say one thing, and then I'll go and I'll actually look at your uh, transcript for your classes and see that maybe, yes, that is an accurate GPA and you know the number is high, but for the classes that you actually need to have strong grades in in order to be successful for the major you're applying to, maybe you don't necessarily have the grades that are perfect for what we need for you and maybe that is not something that I can admit you to. Or conversely, maybe that GPA is a little bit lower, but on the other hand, you have really strong and consistent grades in the prerequisite courses for the major that you're applying to. And that to me shows that even though, you know, maybe you're not hitting that, like I said, average 3.8 GPA, you still are having these strong grades. You are consistently strong in the classes that you need to be successful in your first choice major. So those are things that really we're paying attention to. And I highly encourage folks for pretty much every school, we post the prerequisites that you need for the majors you're interested in on our websites. Please check those out and make sure that, you know, based off of what we need from you, your grades are looking the way that we need to in order for you to be successful as an applicant. Well, that's a great explanation and great advice. Thank you so much, Nicole. We appreciate it. What are the different ways, by the way, that a student may apply to Drexel? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Yeah. So um, a couple of different ways to think about this question. So in terms of the actual application itself, we are on both the Common App and the Coalition App for that really no big difference is whatever the student prefers to use in terms of their application. And then also we have different rounds for application. So there is early action, early decision, and then regular decision. The big difference between early action and early decision is just that early decision is the one that is binding. So if you are researching Drexel and you're like, this is the perfect school for me, I know for a fact that if I gone to Drexel, I would never want to go to any other school, then feel free to apply early decision. It just shows to us that you are committed to Drexel and that you really want to come here. But if you're just like, I'm interested in Drexel as one of my options, but I do want to know a little bit earlier whether or not I am going to be admitted into this 
school or this program that I'm interested in, then feel free to apply for early action. There really isn't a big difference besides that in terms of the rounds, just EAED finds out a little bit earlier. They find out usually mid to late December. And then for the uh, regular decision folks, they find out in mid to late March. So that is kind of the big difference there. But otherwise, we uh, don't really have a preference for rounds. You don't have a preference for even the application type that you use. So that is up to you and something to think about when you're starting to apply to schools. Understood. And we appreciate that, Nicole. And I know that Drexel, like many other schools, is in fact test optional. Can you share the percentage of students that apply and are ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores? Absolutely. So we are seeing still consistently since we have uh, started up the test optional policy here at Drexel that it's about 50-50. So half the students apply without the test scores. It has not shown any kind of real appreciable difference in terms of the population of students that we are admitting to our programs. And so because of that, and just kind of in general, it seems to be the trend in admissions that most schools are going the way of test optional, which I think is great personally, Um, but we are keeping our test optional policy. If you are on the fence about whether or not you would like to take the SAT or the ACT, I know that test dates are coming up for those Honestly, they're probably happening right now. Um, So (laughs) for anyone who's not really sure, if you feel like your application is strong already and having those test scores is not going to add anything necessarily that we don't already see in your application, do not feel like you need to do it. That is always my advice for folks is that it's not necessary if you don't want to do it. But also, if you do give it to us, that's just an additional data point that we have in terms of evaluating you for the fit for your particular program that you're interested in. Understood. And Nicole, what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interests? In other words, they want to show you that they want to attend Drexel University. What do they do to demonstrate interest? And do you track such things? So it depends. That's that's my, my overhead answer for this. So in <laughs> general, we don't track uh, interest necessarily for any of the programs. But I do highly encourage students, if you're interested in Drexel, if you're interested in a particular program, please reach out. It's really good for us to get to know you as admissions counselors. Believe it or not, even though we are reading uh, many applications a day during reading season for um, for Drexel, we do recognize names, at least I do personally, if I have spoken to a student in an individual counseling session, or if you've stopped by the visit center during a tour and you've talked to me and I see your name when I'm reading applications, I do remember you. We also do tend to leave notes in your file to just kind of make sure that we can you know, remind each other if we each end up talking to you of what you might be interested in. So we do track those things in terms of there is a record of them. It does not necessarily factor into a student's decision, but for certain programs that are highly competitive, it, they do tend to kind of track that interest in the program. In particular, I'm thinking of the um, BSMD program, which is our early assurance med school program. That is an incredibly competitive program. I think the admit rate for it is something like 2% or something incredibly low. So for that program, since it's so competitive and so many students are interested in it, they definitely do track interest in it. So if you're interested in something like that, um, anyone who's thinking as a high school student of trying to get into med school, (laughs) then (laughs) definitely reach out to us. We do track that. Otherwise, it's just kind of good for us to get to know you so that when your name comes across our desk, we're like, oh yeah, I remember this student. (laughs) And I know that we talked about XYZ things. So I'll keep that in mind when I'm reading. 
it's always good to make those connections and keep them, right? It can't hurt. So we appreciate that insight, Nicole. And how important are students' courses in progress and grades in their senior year? And what are you looking for when reviewing them? So that is another one where I will say overhead, it, it depends. And it depends in this case based off of the round that you're applying to. So we definitely are taking a look at those senior year courses in progress, especially if you are in early action, early decision round, because we don't have your mid-year grades. If you are, you know, let's say that you're interested in applying to mechanical engineering, but we're seeing that consistently your math grades are not great. They're sort of uh, hovering in just average territory or maybe even trending downward. We don't have any additional data points to see how you're doing currently. So in that case, we might have to defer you to regular decision and wait for your mid-year grades. And then conversely, if you are a student who, you know, you're kind of, we're on the fence about you, we're not really sure about whether or not you'd be a good fit for mechanical engineering, but then we see in your mid-year grades from senior year that actually that increase in terms of the upward trend of your grades is continuing and you're even taking pre-calculus, which is the prereq for that, for that major, and you have a strong grade in it currently in your mid-year grades, then we might be more confident in terms of admitting you to that program than we would be if we didn't have that data point. So it's definitely something that we look at. And also going back to what I mentioned before about those prerequisite courses, if you haven't already taken the prereqs that we need in the prior three years of being in high school, but we can see that you're currently taking it in your senior year, then sometimes depending on the major or the course that it is that you're missing, we might be able to be like, oh, well, they're taking it now. And you can see that, you know, generally they get good grades in this subject. So they're probably going to do well in this, or we have the data point from meteor grades to know that they're doing fine. They'll probably do fine for the final as well. So we're feeling confident in being able to admit them, even though we don't have the final grade for that prereq. So those are important. Um, you can also reach out to us in the admissions office to talk through that. If you're getting ready to sign up for senior classes and you're not sure which ones you need, if you're between two different levels of math or science and you don't know which one you need, and we know the prereqs, we can tell you and help you with talking through that decision. Well, that's great insight. And I hope that the students are listening. Continue to put your best foot forward, including senior year students. And Nicole, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think of when starting their essay? Yeah, absolutely. So I have read so many college essays at this point. <laughs> so a lot of the ones that personally stick out to me, I love ones that are about really niche interests that the student has that maybe isn't reflected elsewhere in their application. One of my first applications that I read when I started the job and for a very strong applicant who was applying to biomedical engineering, who also just so happened to have a love of theater, she wrote her entire essay about how she loves a particular play and how she relates to the main character in that uh, piece. And I thought that was super interesting. I had another student who wrote hers about the color brown and how it's her favorite color and made this really beautiful analogy to the color of her mom's hair and things like that. <laughs> I had another student who wrote an entire essay about how she has terrible bad luck uh, and about how she once fell down a manhole. And I always remember oh, that boy. one because I, <laughs> that's how she ended it. She was talking about other bad luck things that happened and ended it on the manhole example and I was like this is a cliffhanger I want to know what happened but really really 
niche things or things that maybe are just kind of fun or of interest to you. I love those essays because to me, it shows that number one, you most likely will be able to write a better essay about something that you actually have interest in. And also it just kind of shows us a little something that we don't get to know about you from the rest of your application. I would never know that that student fell down a manhole if she didn't write about it in her essay. So things like that. I think sometimes it feels like, you know, you have to have something particularly fantastical happen to you or that it needs to be something that's really deep or traumatic or things like that. Not at all. I mean, you definitely can. I definitely read essays like that when I am reading through students' applications. But the ones that I always enjoy the most are the ones that kind of, uh, you know, show me a different side of you or ones that are just kind of interesting. Tell me something that I don't know, uh, but that you have a lot of interest in. So for anyone who is now at that point where they're starting to come up with ideas of what to write about when they start up their applications soon, I would say make a list of things that you are really passionate about and that that you know that you could talk someone's ear off about and make it about that because really the max word count is only 650 words which is a little over a page it's really not that long so something right. that you know you could write right. many pages about that's better than having something where you're like i'm barely getting to half a page i don't know what else i could say about this subject Understood, Nicole, and thank you again for that insight. We appreciate it. And a student's activity sheet is another piece, of course, of their application. What are the kinds of things you're looking for beyond the work they did in the classroom? Yeah, absolutely. So this is another area where I get to know a little bit something about you that I don't get from other parts of your application. So it can honestly be anything. The big thing is never leave it blank. Never leave it blank. That is, you're doing something right now. I promise you, you're doing something right now that could go on an activity sheet, whether that is you are helping out at home with younger siblings, or if you are doing all of the cooking because your your parent broke their leg currently or something like that. Not that I'm wishing broken legs on your parents. <laughs> or conversely, that you just really love baking. And so baking is your hobby, or you write in your free time, or you're learning how to play guitar from YouTube videos. Something that you're doing that just kind of shows that you are involved in some way, whether that is at home, whether that is in your community. If you are going for, uh, I mentioned before, the Early Assurance Med School program, they love to see students who are doing volunteering rather than just shadowing in a hospital. I think a lot of students think about that or getting an internship in, you know, medical areas, but they actually do really love to see students who give back to their community. So students who are doing a lot of volunteering, whether that is through a nonprofit or through your church or something like that, something that is just showing that, you know, you have these various interests, you are a well-rounded person beyond just what we're seeing on your transcript. Uh, and you're, like I said before, you're definitely doing something that could go on an activity sheet. So really kind of think about in my day to day, what are things that I do? Do I participate in clubs or do I come home and I, you know, I'm active in I get a lot of students who are like, I mod a Discord server. That counts. That's an activity. So things like that. Just share with us what are things that you do in your day-to-day -day life that you think, um, you know, show how well-rounded you are as a student and what you would kind of contribute to the campus community if you are admitted to our school. Great pieces of advice again, Nicole. Thank you so much. And can you explain what opportunities Drexel offers students that may have had an IEP in high school in terms of helping to ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on campus? 
Absolutely. So we have our disability resources office. So they're going to be a really huge resource for our students in terms of getting them an IEP once they're actually at Drexel. We do have those resources for you to continue on when you are a student here. So definitely connect with them. And then also we have our Drexel Autism Support Program, which is a big help for any students who are on the spectrum and who would like to have those additional resources and that additional support at Drexel. We have both of those. We also do have a number of um, learning communities here at Drexel or learning resources for students to access. So we have a math resource center, we have a writing center. Most of the different uh, departments have their own kind of tutoring programs that have students who are either upperclassmen or students who are just proficient in that subject who tutor the students. You usually just have to reach out to your professor and they'll connect you with those students to help with tutoring. So if you need additional help in terms of an IEP or if you just need some additional help outside of the classroom with support on those courses that maybe you're struggling with, we have a lot of different ways to connect you with those resources. And what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? The big one is to get in touch with us early. We do have an interest form on the athletics website. So you can go ahead and fill that out to get in touch with one of the coaches and start that conversation very early. As you can imagine, there are a lot of students who are interested in playing sports once they are in college. And so it's good to get your name out there as early as you possibly can. And then also I would say to take a look at what exactly Drexel has. So some schools, they have pretty much all the sports. Drexel has most of them. We don't have football, which is the big one. I think we used to have a football team at one <laughs> point, and then they got rid of it. Now the football team at Drexel is actually the name of the improv group. So if you're inter interested in being in the improv group at Drexel, we absolutely have football. Otherwise, <laughs> keep in mind that some schools have the sport they're interested in, others don't. Um, and if we have the one that you're interested in, you can fill out that interest form. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nicole. This has been an amazing conversation. We really appreciate it. And in conclusion, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process? Yes. So the number one tip that I have for students is to start the Common or Coalition app early. It opens up in August. I cannot stress this enough as somebody who waited until the last minute when I was a senior <laughs> to start with all my applications. It's easy to get done early when I'm actually reading the application, I'm always stunned by just how few things you actually need to put in there yourself. Most of it, your counselor's gonna do for you. So just get it out of the way because once classes start, you're gonna get overwhelmed. The second thing is please proofread your essays. There are so many essays that I read where I'm like, the topic is great. And if just one person had given this a, a glance, this would have been a great essay. So make sure that you get some folks to proofread it one or two it doesn't need to be a whole bunch of people because you know too many opinions might start to water down your original intention and we want it to be your words but definitely get some uh, some second eyes on those and then the last one is come and get to know your admissions counselors it can be really overwhelming kind of understanding all of the resources that are open to you in terms of the programs at different schools or even just what is this school all about? Is it even a good fit in terms of what I'm looking for for a university? And that's our job. The job of an admissions counselor is never to sell you on a school. I'm not here to you know, harass you into submitting a deposit and picking <laughs> Drexel as your number one choice. I'm actually just here to help you with figuring out 
do I even think that Drexel is a good fit for me? I'm the one who knows the website. I know what the different programs are. I know who you can get in contact with if you want to speak to a current student or if you want it to come and tour a specific building. So that's what my job is, is to help you. So definitely come get to know us. We're really, for the most part, super nice. Always love talking to students, and we are also always here as kind of a support system for you if you just want to, in general, kind of chat through the college admissions process. So definitely get to know your admissions counselors. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. You are definitely very nice, and you definitely helped (laughs) us a lot today. I am so happy because I know that this conversation is going to help so many students and their parents navigate through the college admissions process. Can't thank you enough, Nicole. We hope to have you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.